0: We're trying to conduct a serious scientific investigation. Science, logic, reason. Do you have any
1: hard data? Now, that's what I call science. That's What I Call Science is proudly recorded in Tasmania at Edge Radio. You're listening to That's What I Call Science,
2: the weekly radio show and podcast that brings independent and interesting STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths content from Tasmania. The show is supported by Edge Radio, Hobart's premium youth station. My name is Kate Johnson and I'm joined by Vanessa Tonnet from the University of Tasmania. I'd like to begin today's episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording, the Palawa and Pekana people as we record on Luke Shrewita. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which you are listening. On behalf of everyone, I pay my respects to Elders past and present. Vanessa is joining us today as part of our mini-series, highlighting plant science research in Tasmania, with a focus on a big collaborative research project, which we introduced in the first episode, which is called the Centre for Plant Success. So, Vanessa Tanet is a PhD student in plant physiology at the University of Tasmania. Vanessa is also my good friend and office mate. So, welcome to the show, Vanessa. Um, to start off with, I just want to ask you what first drove you to study plant science? What really inspired you um, to get involved in
3: this area of research? Thanks, Kate, for having me. It's really a pleasure. Well, um, I remember that I was in my third year of my and. I had the first lesson for the unit of plant physiology. And I remember how amazing was discovering that plants do some very weird things and all the structure, internal structure, and how they transport water, and how everything works inside uh, a plant. And it was really shocking and new. I never considered it. Um, I always like thought about oh animals do things they move around and plants they just stay still all the time, and so it was really really amazing like touch that part of biology and like discovered uh, how water moves in the plants, what the plants do, and how they get nutrients and how they respond to stress. And the more and more I get into that unit, the more I discover that wow that's really what I like and it's really fascinating how much physics is into that and how, like, a lot of um, physics law are involved in our a plant uh, moves water. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much, like, really an overwhelmed feeling of how many things a plant can do, something that we, we give granted because plants are all around us and they just stay there and we don't need to think about them, but actually they, they do a lot of things.
2: Yes, yeah, that's uh, such, um, such a good answer. Plants are so complicated and it's just amazing how much we still don't know about them. Um, and I just want to ask you too, before you started your PhD, what sort of research did you do? Um, I know you did a um, master's before you started your PhD. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, yeah so before my PhD, I actually did a master, and before that a bachelor. Um, my Master and Bachelor were on um, biology and ecology and for both I did a research project for my thesis and I was working with um, the difference between native and uh, invasive plants and how invasive plants are actually overcompeting the natives uh, in the context of plant hydraulics, so how much uh, invasive plants is more um, adapted to a drought environment for example or if it's not adapted maybe it's transporting more water so it's more productive so um, I was analyzing a bunch of plant traits related to performance and hydraulics to see what drive the um, major competitiveness of um, invasive plants against um, our natives that's really um that's really
2: interesting research and there's a couple of questions i'd just like to ask you about that so first of all you said that you you wrote a thesis for your masters and that's now obviously what you're doing for your Mm. phd too and i wonder if you could just explain to us the basic concept of a thesis because people who are listening might um might not know and it's Mm. thrown around a lot it's thrown around a lot that word thesis Mm. and the fact that you have to write multiple to get to get to where you are, just could you clarify that for us, please?
3: Yeah, so the way I did my thesis is um, was more likely like a, a paper actually. So you kind of write what you did, and you uh, divide your thesis. There's gonna be this manuscript that can be around fifty or one hundred pages or whatever um and you're gonna have an introduction where you're gonna explain what's your topic of research and why you're deciding to do that so what's the major question you're asking then it's going to be a part of methods or materials where you actually explain to your readers how you uh, answer your question and then it's going to be your result which is the interesting part maybe more interesting (laughs) part um where you are actually showing what you what what you have discovered and a discussion where you are explaining uh, the answer to your question. And so this is gonna be probably likely in my PhD too. You know better than me. <laughs> but yeah, I expect something like that. So at the end it's a really big paper and the structure is pretty similar. Of course you write more so you can develop more. So maybe in a way it could be easier than a paper because you have more space to talk about what you like and probably not probably. I would say that it's something that you do for kind of yourself, like, yeah, of course someone will judge your thesis and give a mark, but uh, at the end it's really you should write what you like and how you want to put your search question in a way. Um, so, yeah, I kind of did like writing my thesis. Uh, let's see <laughs> if I'm changing my mind with my PhD thesis, but yeah. <laughs>
2: Thanks so much. Thanks for clarifying what a thesis is. I just thought that would be a good place to start. So we have these, like, levels of degrees. So honours, there'll be a thesis. and Masters will be a thesis. And PhD, there's a thesis. And they kind of increase in length and complexity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Thanks so much for clarifying that for us. Um, so stay with us for part two as we ask Vanessa more about her specific PhD research. You're listening to That's What I Call Science, and today we're talking to Vanessa Tonnet from the School of Natural Sciences at UTAS about her research. So, Vanessa, could you give us a bit of an overview of what your PhD is focusing on?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, So what I'm looking at is the link between drought and tree mortality. And in specific, I am looking at understanding how drought can lead to tissue damage, specifically in leaves. And specifically, I am studying eucalypts. And more specifically, I am focusing my research on eucalyptus viminalis, also known as managan, Because um, in the last 10 years, 10, 20 years, we have been observing massive dieback, especially in the mainland. And now this trend um, is also spreading in Tasmania, especially in the East Coast. Um, So we really want to understand What's the dynamic or what's the mechanism behind how drought is uh, leading to tissue death, leaf death, and subsequent to tree mortality?
2: That's, yeah, very cool project. I mean, I know it already, but I think it's very cool. Great description. Um, And so eucalypts are a really important tree in Australia. They're the backbone of a lot of ecosystems. Can you tell us specifically why eucalyptus feminalis is important? What um, plants and or animals it's important for?
3: Yeah, so eucalyptus feminalis is particularly important here in Tasmania um, and probably in the mainland too. I'll be correct if if I'm wrong, but... Um, because it provides um, a specific habitat for the 40-spot pile um, which habitat has been contract- contracting lately, so um, uh, these birds um, really feed on the mana that is produced by Eucalyptus viminalis uh, Our colleagues Erin Bock is actually doing her PhD in this matter, so for, <laughs> for whoever is interested, <laughs> check her Twitter. Um, but yeah, so it's particularly important for that. And also, um, you know, also provide uh, habitat for other species, insects and other other little animals. And is um, there are many uh, forests of Eucalyptus viminalis, especially in the East Coast. So it's a really uh, widespread species um, in Tasmania too. So if we imagine a future without Eucalyptus viminalis, that would be like really... Uh, scary and potentially uh, it will um, free some spots for other species that are not necessarily good. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we really don't know what's going to look like if we lose Eucalyptus viminalis. But at the same time um, our effort in the conservation of Eucalyptus viminalis um, should really take into account that if we're going towards a trend of high temperature that leads to more drought events Eucalyptus viminalis might contract a lot so its Mm -hmm. um, distribution might contract a lot.
2: Yeah that's a really good point that it's not even just about the loss of a single species it's about what that does for more broadly Mm -hmm. for the ecosystem the opening spots for things taking away the resource for the little bird the 40-spotted paddle. Yeah um, so now we're just gonna change topics a little bit. (laughs) We're gonna I'm just going to ask you about your involvement in the Centre for Plant Success, which we introduced in our first episode with Tim. So can you tell us what initiatives um, or even just one initiative that you're involved in that's related to this big collaborative research project called the Centre for Plant Success?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, one of the activity I'm going to be involved in is the outreaching part. Of the Center of Excellence because I realized that really um, we like doing science, we like being in the lab, we like collecting data, we like being in the field, but I realized that what was missing for me it was really communicating to the public what we're doing. Um, So it's really good that the Center has a section dedicated to the outreaching opportunities and in particular we're probably gonna be involved in maybe some activities or little computer games that we can develop so that's hopefully what's gonna happen um but yeah i'm really looking forward to see what's gonna be next and what we're gonna do for the outreaching opportunities and uh we might be involved with some schools too so just like show some bunch of plants to some kids and (laughs) and hopefully they're gonna like it too but yeah, really looking forward, I'm really, really proud that the centre has um, a section dedicated to the reaching opportunity.
2: And you're a great advocate for um, instilling passion in students for plant science, definitely. Um, that video game that you mentioned, Tim also mentioned that in our first episode. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about what sort of shape that video game is going to take? What, what is the goal of the game? What would people do?
3: yeah so the idea uh oh i'm really into this idea i think it's really cool hopefully we can develop um a video game where people uh will choose uh traits in plants so traits are just like characteristic that plants has Mm -hmm. uh performance so in the same way we can we can describe a human being with, like, the velocity in 100 meters or, you know, like, swimming and this and that, plants also have, like, similar things, and it could be how much photosynthesis are they doing, how big are the leaves, how dense is the wood. So what we hope for is creating something where people can choose trade-offs between traits. Trade-offs are really, like a basic concept let's say in plant science because if you are a plant that's really drought resistance for example you might have a certain trait for that but at the same point you might not be very efficient in transporting water so as like someone that's really tall is really good in running it might not be good in something else or like a lot of examples like this. So just a trade-off between a characteristic and another. So the scope of this game probably will be like, oh, I'm this plant and I want to grow faster. But hey, a drought is arriving, so what can I do? Um, and the same with genes, because of course we're not, we're not, uh, we cannot forget about about genes, so it's gonna be like nice to work with other colleagues, with other groups, and see how we can work out together. And I'm really, really excited to about this project. Um, yeah, let let's see. I I hope they are gonna yeah, it's gonna work well, and we can <laughs> release it soon. <laughs> that would be really, really nice. Oh,
2: that sounds really exciting. Um, so stay with us for the final part of the show to hear about Vanessa's PhD experience and advice to other current or prospective PhD students. You're listening to That's What I Call Science. My name is Kate Johnson, and we're joined by Vanessa Tonnet from the University of Tasmania. So, Vanessa's originally from Italy. So, Vanessa, I'd like to know what were some of the positives and then some of the challenges associated with moving to Tasmania to do your PhD?
3: Yeah, so I'm from Italy, yep. <laughs> Probably people were. Uh, wondering where my accent is from. Yeah, from Italy. Um, And yeah, so I was really, really stoked and so happy to move down here because Australia is such a dream. It's such a a lovely place and we grew up with this idea uh, of like Australia is the place to be and it's like a dreamland. And yeah, when I arrived, uh, I remember in the little flight from Melbourne to Hobart when I was like landing uh, I saw all the eucalypts and I started actually crying because I was like, oh my God, is this is so beautiful. I can't believe that I'm finally here. Um, so yeah, my first impression was so good. I was staying actually in Humeville for a week and it was absolutely amazing waking up with the, the sunrise. So good. And the people so nice. So for me, really <laughs> uh, has been a wonderful journey. Has um, challenges, well... As much as I like to say that I understand English very well, of course, the language at the beginning um, was maybe the first month. Um, You know, like you hanging out with your colleagues and maybe you cannot really pick everything, but that's really just a month and it's just like getting used to the accent and getting used to talking English all the time. Um, Yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it because I really... um, I'm lucky that I really like to, to go out, and I'm very outdoorsy, so I spend a lot of time hiking and climbing, so Tasmania is really the place to be, and the fact there's so much nature around, so many trees, so many animals, really, and I really, really like the people here, and it's, it's been such a blast to be here, really, so, yeah, I just a positive experience, really, and... Being Italian and I cannot complain about the food, the food here is really good. (laughs) So I want to shout out and say the food here is really, really good, cannot complain. (laughs) Especially our cakes and little treats and sweets, really, really good. And the bread, the bread of course, also the bread, oh my god, bread, amazing. Well, Italy also does cakes very well, so
2: it's good that you've moved from one place that does good sweet treats to another. So glad that you had such positive experiences here, Um, Vanessa. Um, Now I just want to ask you more specifically about your experience during your PhD. Is there anything that you feel like you've learnt so far that you'd like to share with people who might be considering doing a PhD or might even be part way through or just starting?
3: Yeah, so I was actually thinking about this question um, this morning because... I feel like it can go either way with a PhD or either you're driven by a very, very deep passion or either you're driven by a high commitment, let's say, and like being very focused. For me, it's more the passion. (laughs) I am really passionate about my topic and that's what keeps me going. Um, It's hard, um, mostly because... Uh, well, you know, it's kind of a, it's like a job at the end. And it's going to be this moment where you have a lot to do and you're really stressed out and you you feel like there's nothing. Like you, you keep giving and giving and nothing is coming back or time is just running. But the good moments are really, really good. So what I would say is that, damn, science is really, really good. And it's nice to be part of it. Um, it requires to, to be focused. So, you know, it's, it's, at the end, it's really balancing your life, your personal life with your job. And like a normal job, there are moments in which you're more stressed and you need to focus on your job and other moments in which you might have more time for yourself. Uh, I think, like, really is important to remember that you need to take time for yourself. It's something that, I, like, my first year, I just worked, work, work. work. And I was, like, so proud of myself, but then I realized that, yeah, but what about my personal life? But what about my mental health? And I know a lot of people, in the first year especially, tend to, like, just, like, diving straight away, which is really good. But at the same point, you know, not taking holidays or not taking time off, that time is gone. And you're not going to take it back. Um, so I would also remind people to be very kind with themselves, especially in the first year and you're doing great, uh, everything is alright, and we are f- uh, lucky here in Utah that we really have a good group of postgraduate um, researchers, so we are more than happy to give a hand to each other, and it's a really good place to be with a lot of friends, so your colleagues are your friends uh, at the end of the day, and they're really, really good people, so I think like, it's. It's to be considered. Like when you start a PhD, it's gonna be hard. That's not. That's not any anything they can say to make it easier. It's just. It's just gonna be hard. But it's gonna be rewarding, and there's gonna be many moments you're gonna, where you're gonna be very happy <laughs> and glad that you did <laughs> that you did a PhD, and and yeah, you remember that you're not alone. That you got your friends. Your friends are going through the same things. And sometimes it's also okay to complain about how <laughs> bad it is. <laughs> Uh, for me, also I think that having a really good supervisor is helping. Yeah, and yeah, I need to <laughs> acknowledge that, and that uh, we we're both being very lucky with Tim. Yeah, uh, and that's also something to consider. Like your supervisor's gonna be a really important person in your life, and you want to <laughs> to like <it>, him, <laughs> to like the person, uh, to like them. So yeah, that's great. I've been I've been just very lucky, but um, yeah, just like hanging in there. It's going to be good. At the end, it's going to be good. And if you have any problem, you got to speak out. And that's, I think, the major advice that I can give. Like, just speak out to anyone, to your friends, to your boss, to your supervisor. And also, like, just go and get help. Um, that's really important. That's some great advice, Vanessa. You know, m- make the
2: community with your friends um, have a good supervisor. Maybe research your supervisor before mm. you start your PhD. Um, be kind to yourself. That's so much good advice. And I think that's a perfect place to leave it. So thank you so much for joining us, Vanessa. Um, you've been listening to That's What I Call Science. My name's Kate Johnson. Um, I'd like to say again a big thank you to Vanessa Tanette for joining us. And if you like this episode, you can find our other episodes on our website at thatscience.org or on any major podcasting platform. And you can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook by searching That Science Taz.
1: Thank you. Talk to you next time. This program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au. You've been listening to That's What I Call Science, brought to your station and across the nation via the Community Radio Network. You can find That's What I Call Science at all major podcast streaming services and social media platforms. Like and subscribe for on-demand science updates from the team. That's What I Call Science is proudly recorded in Tasmania at EDGE Radio. Head to edgeradio.org.au for more information on how you can support community radio. Gemmaker are a proud sponsor of That's What I Call Science. Gemmaker provide expert advice, services and training to commercialise new knowledge and technologies. Go to gemmaker.com.au for more information.
0: that's what I call science. We love bringing engaging content to all sorts of audiences and this includes youth. So if you're a teacher at a local school here in Tasmania and have students interested in science, technology, engineering, maths or medicine topics then let us know and we can come into your school and get them on the radio talking about their favourite exciting scientific ideas.
1: That's What I Call Science brings you awesome science content from the small island of Tasmania. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Like and subscribe to get the updates when new content is available.
0: Want to know more about science, technology, engineering, maths and medicine? Then tune in to Edge Radio on 5pm on Sundays to hear That's What I Call Science. You can also find us on all of your favourite podcast streaming services. Be sure to like and subscribe us on any of our socials.
1: That's What I Call Science brings you awesome science content from the small island of Tasmania. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Like and subscribe to get the updates when new content is available.
0: Want to hear exciting scientific, technology, engineering, maths, and medicine topics? Then you can find That's What I Call Science on all of your favorite podcast streaming services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Or head straight to our website at thatscience.org.
1: Listen to That's What I Call Science on Edge Radio Sundays at 5 p.m., where you'll hear great science coming from our small island by a team of awesome women interviewing expert guests. Be sure to catch it, and if you like it, follow us on your favorite social media channel.